And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago. It's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. From The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill-tempered. The Adams, Hogue and Johns. What's up? Welcome into the Hogue and Johns podcast brought to you by Miller Lite. Our final day of this jam-packed week. It's been fun, a lot of fun, and we've had a ton for you. We're not done yet. We are not done yet. We're going big. We're finishing strong today. Uh, Adam Johns, Adam Hogue here with you, and I could not get through a Super Bowl week without talking to our guy Jeff Joniak, who I I believe this is your first appearance on the Hogan Johns podcast, if I'm right. Yes, it is. Numero uno, so make it good, boys. (laughs) Well, we'll try. So usually... For those that don't know, my Super Bowl week consists of mostly hanging out with this guy on Radio Row. I'm so sorry. Uh, and then he ducks me for dinner every night, and then we do, <laughs> and then we do it again the following year. I tell you right now, uh, Johns, I owe him more lunches than any human ever has, because it, it's you know, it, <laughs> I start out by saying, listen, at some point this season, let me buy you lunch. Let's talk. Let's just visit. Season goes by fast. Never have that lunch, so. I'm uh, pretty much in big trouble one day. You owe me more lunches than Tom Brady has Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Um, We'll count this as one of them, though. Jeff Joniak, thanks so much for joining us. So uh, let's start here. First of all, you got to call one of these Super Bowls. So I I wanted to start this conversation there and take, take you back down memory lane, what it was like to call a Super Bowl on the radio. Well, first of all, you don't grow up. I I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be in this business to begin with. And when you get the rare opportunity uh, to become a play-by-play guy for a team, not, uh, not, it's not taken lightly, obviously. And it's the charter franchise of the National Football League. And then you say, oh my gosh, you're going to get to call a Super Bowl. So I'll never forget the day because it was a super long day. We had to do television before the day. And so you're just waiting, waiting for the kickoff. You got those butterflies going. And all I just wanted to do was get, you know, flash bulbs popping and let's just go. And, you know, I, I always tell the story because on the Hester return, he had this patented one cut up field and he made it on that return. And so half of my brain's calling the return and the other half is saying, oh, my God, he's going to score. Like, you got to nail this. And it's weird, but that's exactly how I was. It was like in slow motion. And Matt Gir- it's always left unsaid, but Matt Giordano of the Colts almost caught him from behind. He got him tripped up in the end zone. 
because Devin was looking at that screen watching himself and he eased up a little bit. Can you imagine if he would have caught him? But I remember right before, there's an NFL firm's version of it. And right before that, I, I went through all the statistics about how bad kick coverage was for the Colts. And NFL Films put it in their, in their review of it. And, but not for one second, not one second did I ever think that anybody would return the opening kickoff for a touchdown. So I learned my lesson, be prepared for anything. Where does that return rank amongst your all-time favorites? Obviously, you got the Devin Hester jersey right behind you. Devin Hester, he's had a lot of amazing returns, but that moment, that day, that historical yeah. Super Bowl, where does that rank? Yeah, there's not much to top it. I mean, the, the snow globe moment at Soldier Field when the Bears advanced to the Super Bowl certainly is, is one of great emotion, and that, and that was a, a wonderful experience that I'll never forget. But calling a Super Bowl, just wish it was a winner, uh, and calling that, it's never happened before or since, uh, is very special. There's no question about it. So I know you spend a lot of this week covering the game, covering the teams involved, Buccaneers and Chiefs. What have been your takeaways from this week? And also, how's it been? Because we're so used to being there, and right. it's been all over Zoom this week. Well, uh, it's certainly not unusual from that regard because we've been used to it since March, but very unusual indeed. But I got to give a tip of the cap to the NFL. I mean, they did a fabulous job of availability. The Zooms were, were very uh, technologically sound, and, you know, that's always a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get. For radio purposes, it, it was very good, and they you could download anything. So if you didn't get the live version, you know, you could – dig through 45 minutes per per athlete or coach if your heart desired so you know in that regard outstanding for me personally it's a real downer because I think it's 26 in a row I'd covered and so I had a nice streak going it was always the game I enjoyed going to because you can't do anything during the game except take notes and form your thoughts you weren't calling the game I was always calling games in my head but and, and, and you wait for the great moments and the ones that, that live forever. And so I, I've been fortunate, as you have, Adam, both Adams, to see some memorable Super Bowls in these two-plus decades. And so missing that is something of a void. It feels weird that I'm not going to be there, you know, detailing the, the history of this game. This whole season must have felt weird for you, Jeff. Like, just take me through the process of calling games when you're, you're not at every game. You, you miss the fans. You miss the momentum swings. Um, what was that like for you week after week? Well, it was very challenging, uh, but also very rewarding because not for a minute did I think they were going to get every game in. And I was worried about not having a season. And you guys know me better than most. I am a worrywart by nature. So every week worried being safe, being able to say, okay, I'm COVID free and I'm going to be able to call the game. That was a constant stressful moment. Am I going to, who's coming into my home? Um, you know, there, there's all sorts of weirdness about it that, you know, I had to be careful and I, and I had to count on Tom Thayer and, and Paul Zerang, the only three people that were in our booth at WBBM in the WBBM culinary studio uh, we we had quite the setup, and thanks to WBBM and all their, their engineers and all the te the techniques that, that Paul Zerang, who he's been with us for a very long time, managed to pull together. So, honestly, on those road games, I was crushed. We went to the Detroit game, and that was in and of itself a challenge because there was nobody with us. It was Tom and I and Paul. There's no spotter, no statistician, no producer, no sideline guy, so it, it isn't the same broadcast. 
but I'll be doggone if we didn't make it sound like the same broadcast. And I was really proud of what we churned out. Did we make some mistakes? Absolutely. Uh, we were you know, beholden to technology, not the screen going black a couple of times or not able to see the finishing of a play for time to analyze or in the LA Rams game, not knowing that uh, Tyler Rapp did have an interception, wondering why everybody celebrated when I said it was a pass breakup and, you know, the Bears are going to take another crack at the end zone, but things like that. But I honestly felt like I was there at times. I want this to be a one-off, boys. I don't want to have to do this again. But for all the play-by-play guys and all the sports that go through this each and every week, man, a tip of the cap because it's not simple. It's not easy, but you got to make it feel like you're there. Home games, we did. That was unique in and of itself, too, because I couldn't take my headset off at all because it was so pin-drop quiet. It felt like I was watching 22 guys playing at the park. It was just weird. I had to keep my headset on with the crowd noise cranked up very loud. And we did have fake crowd noise for my purposes Paul Zerang had recorded the Seattle Seahawks years ago, the crowd, and we all know how big that is. And I had that going on loop in my ear. Wow, that's pretty cool. So you had Seahawks fans cheering. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. So uh, uh, training camp, little little side story from training camp. Training camp, uh, we got about, what, 10, 12 days we actually got to watch practice this year, all socially distanced. But there were two untouchables at training camp, okay? One of them was Kevin Fishbane because he had a baby on the way. He did not want he didn't want to be anywhere near us for good reason. Uh, that might be just usual for him too. Uh, and then there was Jeff Joniak too because you and I don't blame you. Hey, Jim Nance is calling the Super Bowl on Sunday. He he called the golf tournament last weekend from home because he just didn't want to risk it. You have to be at the Super Bowl. So I can only imagine how you would be this week uh, if the Bears were playing in the game. Oh my gosh! Well, first of all, evidently I wouldn't be flying down till what tomorrow. And yeah. that's when the- going or are they going today i don't know but yeah i mean i'd be in a complete cocoon i mean you have to be hey you know some of my friends in the league they 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 had to deal with it i know my friend in houston had to do it from home um you know he got he got it thursday before a game and so he's working with a 10 second delay off of regular television which you know that would have been challenge you just don't want to find out plus you know it affects everybody differently so i i i didn't want to know or i still don't want to know what it feels like to have it you know what i miss this year was the interactions in in the media room with with jeff and you and jeff coming out of his office and giving mark potash from the sun times a hard time about everything and anything but like jeff just just those interactions the the small details of our job i'm curious doing what what you do traveling with the team getting to know the team so well like what did you miss most from a typical season well i'd be crazy if i didn't i mean for those who don't know at hallisaw i have my own booth and i have a door which rarely opens so i'm in a cave with no windows nothing just live in that little darkness like the offensive linemen do right but when i come out i want to play so yeah i start i start ribbing everybody and giving everybody the business uh whether it be the tv guys the tv cameramen you guys and uh yeah, you definitely miss that uh, interaction. So for that, hey, we bounce stuff off each other all the time. What's missing for me from being there every day, and I think Tom Thayer would, would agree, is just the context. Because, you know, having that opportunity to visit with people, uh, whether it be players, coaches, uh, or just having a one-on-one conversation with Matt Nagy, is you miss context. I'm not giving away company secrets, nor do I ever ask for them. I just, I would like to have some contests because guys like you break it down 
for six days, every which way. You write about it. You write big columns. You write big stories. The beat writers do their thing, which I have great respect for. But we got to bring you something different on Sunday. We, you know, we got we to save some things. That's why Tom and I really don't talk a lot about what we're going to talk about on the game. We want to want it to sound fresh and different. So that that I, I would say was definitely a challenge. You missed a lot of that context. Save it for the podcast. That's what we say a lot. I'm sure you, I'm sure you guys <laughs> right. say it. Save it for Sunday. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the Bears a little bit here. The we'll just hit the latest quarterback rumors because they change hourly, right? Um, but there's been some stuff today about Carson Wentz, and I find that to be an interesting option for the Bears uh, for many different reasons. One, he comes from the Eagles. Uh, yes, he has a huge contract, but you might be able to get him relatively cheap because of that contract. And then there's the connection with Nick Foles, John Filippo. Like, there's a lot of connections here. I guess the question is, if I were to tell you, Jeff Joniak, hey, the Bears can get Carson Wentz for like a third-round pick, maybe they get something else in return somewhere, I don't know, a late-round pick, somehow it all shakes out – what would what would be your reaction to Carson Wentz quarterback quarterbacking the Bears? Well, obviously the connections are it's low hanging fruit. It's an easy connection because of everything you just listed there with the coaches on the staff and the system and all of that. So I'm intrigued by any quarterback at this point. So not anybody in particular. I I know that quarterbacks go through roller coaster rides, and he certainly is on one. I just have to know a little bit more about what's going on mentally with him right now. And is this something of a hurdle? Because quarterbacks, for some reason, for whatever reason, you can go back to David Carr getting sacked every which way early in his career, kind of ruined him, put ghosts in his head. What ghosts are in his head, if any? And that would be my first impulse is to, to investigate that. I also am big on, okay, everybody's talking about, you know, if and when or if ever, and maybe they won't, you know, Deshaun Watson is available by trade. I, I'm not the guy that wants to throw all the assets on the table. I got to make sure it's reasonable um, because you just can't keep mortgaging future. You, you came into this knowing you were going to be an administration that was going to build through the draft. And I think you have to continue on that path. I don't care what the circumstances are, what the situation is contractually or, or concerned about futures. You have to represent the franchise properly, and that is not go crazy on asset loss. And you got to maintain that. I know the quarterback situation is the most important in football, and you can't win without it, uh, but I'd be measured. Jeff, kind of going off that, what did you learn about the Bears this team this year as they start 5-1, and six-game losing streak, they come back, Trubisky returns to the lineup and, and they're back in the playoff contention, get in the playoffs and lose. But like the ebbs and flows of the season, there's that word, that's saying, Adam, ebbs and flows, the ebbs and flows of this season. What did you learn about Matt Nagy, this team, and maybe even Mitch Trubisky? Well, you know the ebbs and flows are going to happen in most cases anyway, but with the pandemic, you know, people could have folded their tents and called it quits, you know, players included. I mean, we're all human. I, the, the torture of, of the day-to-day -day unknown uh, obviously it is difficult for people who are creatures of habit. They like to be in a routine, tell me what I have to do, put me in a position to succeed. If I believe you, I'm going to go and do my job and we're going to have a nice play. We're going to string plays together. We're going to win. But I, I just appreciated the idea that nobody gave up, coaches included. They kept going to the lab, trying to find a way to fix what was wrong. And, and remodeling that offensive line was one of the first steps. 
And that that was no guarantee that was going to work, and it started to work. And I, I give credit to the coaching staff because Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy talk about obsessiveness constantly. Be obsessive. They try to trickle that thinking down to their players. Be obsessive about everything you do. And I do believe that that is not just lip service. They are obsessively trying to get better every day. And when they take their lumps because of something that didn't go right, or if they're getting criticized from the outside, zip it up, close ranks, don't worry about it because you can't you can't counter program the criticism. You just got to go about your business and you got to have a belief system. And if coaches are wishy-washy and they don't have the resistance in them to try to create something different by you know, going outside the box, the players are going to lose respect for them. So I do believe they it's a tight team. I do believe that. I didn't think that they weren't before. I just think they're tighter still. They really are. I think this will be an interesting platform to see how this all transpires over the course of the season, what moves are made without sacrificing a whole lot of the future. Well, Jeff, let's hope that by September things are mostly back to normal. I look forward to the day I can be back in a press box with one earbud in my ear listening to Jeff and Tom calling the game because it's not just entertaining, it's informative. You want to learn about football, you and Tom Thayer, you guys, you kind of know what you're talking about sometimes. I appreciate it. You guys do as well, and I respect you guys. So keep up the good work. Have a great Super Bowl weekend, and uh, go Tom Brady. That's my pick. There he is, Jeff Joniak. Thanks, guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. 
Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, time now to bring in Ryan Leaf to the conversation. You can hear him on Sirius XM's NFL radio. Ryan, how you doing? I know this is always a busy week for you as we get closer to this big matchup this weekend. Yeah, it's the first time in six years I haven't been there uh, in person. So we've been doing it uh, you know, kind of like 2020, COVID style, <laughs> virtually, everything we're doing. Ryan, how many quarterback questions have you gotten this week, especially with Deshaun Watson possibly being traded, Carson Wentz up for discussion? I'm curious, as a former quarterback, what do you make all of all of it, and how many questions have you gotten? Well, I tell you what, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady have set the expectations for owners, really have. Uh, we watched this big trade happen the other day where Jared Goff took the Rams to a Super Bowl two years ago, right? Nope. You're off. You're going to ship you off. We got to find somebody better. Jimmy Garoppolo takes you to a Super Bowl a year ago. His name's on the trading block right now in terms of where he's going to go. So, you know, Mahomes and Brady, they've set the expectations really, really high. And if owners feel like the guy's not cutting it and they got to go find a guy who compete, who can compete against the likes of Mahomes over the next decade, then it's going to happen. So let's talk about that because we have one of those teams here in Chicago that's on a every- endless search trying to find that guy at the quarterback position but what's interesting about this you talk about a team like the Rams giving up on Jared Goff trying to upgrade there it seems like all these teams are trying to get one of the top one two three quarterbacks in the league and yet that's not an easy thing to do so do you do you think some of these teams are maybe focusing on that a little bit too much and not paying attention to maybe some of the things around the quarterback position that also helps the quarterback win games. Well, I mean, you could look at a year ago, Jimmy Garoppolo had him right there, right? Uh, if it weren't for Patrick Mahomes and the, and the great comeback in the second half, you know, we're talking about the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo is a Super Bowl champion. So, uh, you know, teams feel like they are just a quarterback away. And if that's the case, like the LA Rams, they felt like they were a quarterback away they went on and got the guy they thought they could uh, they could do it with. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily the Rams when it started out, but, you know, a little, uh, a little Mexico, you know, a little Mexico drama down there. They, they're they're <laughs> match made in heaven. Chicago was hot and heavy in the mix there. Uh, I don't think they probably get a lot of, a lot of credit. They, they had offered a pretty good package to the Detroit Lions uh, to get Matthew Stafford, and, and, and the L.A. Rams just swooped in and, and made it made it work. As a guy who, who played the, the position, like the, the musical chairs that, that are happening and the expectations that come with it, like do you, do you think it's fair, unfair, like just the sign of the times? Like I know it was different when, when you were drafted, but some of this pressure and the expectations that, that come with it just seems a bit maybe too much for some of these guys. You know, I don't, I don't ever want to hear anybody uh, – you guys can say it all you want, but I don't ever want to hear anybody complain about pressure – or stress when you're getting paid this much money uh, to play a, a child's game. So I, I never want to hear that. You know, we choose we choose to do this. We chose to to uh, 
take all that on. So uh, it, it's it, if they if they are, they're taking themselves way too seriously, and they have to have a you know kind of a personality check in the mirror if if, if it's that big a deal. But you also do know about the expectations that come in with being a top pick. So the Bears have had a quarterback here in Mitchell Trubisky, number two overall. Um, for him, everything off the field, in the locker room, hardly any complaints there. It just comes down to consistency on the field. How do you evaluate Mitchell Trubisky and maybe how the Bears should handle that situation as he enters free agency? Yeah, I, I keep him. I, I think he is a he's an exceptional football player. I think he's a leader of that team. I think he's been I think he's been hampered a bit by the offensive game planning. Um, you know, they're going to have to go out and get some weapons for him uh, at the wide receiver position. I unfortunately I think that uh, you know, like you talked about, the turnover is huge. Coaches and when new coaches come in or or rebirth in quarterbacks. You know, you think you turn it over a quarterback and things are going to get better uh, immediately. I, I think you have got, I think you got a good one there. I just, I simply do. It's, it's a shame that he's compared to the guys that were drafted right after him and Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes because they've been, you know, otherworldly. But I, I, I do think you have a good one there in Chicago, and uh, and he should be given another opportunity because he's a he's a leader of that team, and 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 I really think he can make an impact if given another shot. But like you said, the Bears had interest in Stafford. So I'm curious, when you look at Matthew Stafford's situation, how does that play out in, in Los Angeles? And then how do you think he would have looked in a Bears uniform? Um, you know, it would have been tough to, to go within your division. I, I feel like that would have been weird. And I don't know if Detroit would have ultimately done that, knowing they'd have to play against him twice a year, you know? Um, but the L.A. move is a, is a good move for him. You know, he felt a kinship with McVay. Uh, McVay wanted him. And with what kind of offense Sean McVay runs, Matthew Stafford's going to fit in really well. Now, does that mean they're a favorite in the NFC? No. I mean, they were a contender the last three years, right? They were literally a big play away uh, in Lambeau of, of tying that game up with the Green Bay Packers and getting to the NFC Championship with a, you know, one-handed quarterback, essentially. Um, so they're a very good football team. And with the addition of Matthew Stafford, I think they will be a team that, that can contend a year from now. I don't believe they're the favorite. Tom Brady comes back. The Bucks are immediately the favorite once again. It, it sounded like, uh, from what you said earlier, you, you felt like the Bears, whatever their offer was, I don't know how much you know about that, but whatever their offer was, was pretty competitive. Do you think it ultimately was a matter of them just being in the same division uh, as why, you know, L.A. made more sense in terms of if you're Detroit making that deal? I heard that, that Stafford had limited it to San Francisco and, and L.A. at the end. And when some teams came in some with some really attractive offers, uh, Matthew finally, you know, was selfish for once. And he said, this is, this is about me now. It's the end of my career. I've gotten beat up um, for the most part of my career. And um, I simply, I'm not, I won't take a physical for those teams. If, if, you, if you're going to try to ship me to one of those teams, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to refuse the physical. And so he had pretty much let his agent know, Tom Conan, that it was San Francisco or L.A. And, and that's the way it was going to go. I know you don't like the idea of, of pressure and what some of these guys might be feeling, Ryan, but as a guy who's been through the emotions of entering the NFL, like what, what type of advice would you give to maybe it's young guys on the move to new teams or these future draft picks, whether it's maybe Trevor Lawrence, for instance, like what, what advice would you give them? 
Well, any new rookie coming in the league, when I, w- when I would go to the combine every year and when I talked to him, I, I, the best piece of advice I could give him was, A, to picture yourself now as the CEO of a Fortune 500 company in terms of nutrition, uh, you know, um, sleep, um, mobility, all, all these things that go into what is going to give you longevity and allow you to get that second contract, that extension. And the other thing is find a veteran. Find a veteran on the team who's played 10, 12 years, who is the consummate pro, and you go ask him how he did it and then follow his advice verbatim. And that's that's the best two pieces of advice I could give you, especially as a quarterback stepping into the league, trying to be the leader of a group of men in that locker room. Well, Ryan, it's a, it's awesome seeing all the media that you've been doing. Of course, I mentioned SiriusXM uh, and the NFL channel on there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Believe in the Pac-12 podcast that you have on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, the podcast is just, you know, it, it's an opportunity for me to talk college ball, in particular the Pac-12. What is important is the, is the network, the Believe Podcast Network. And it was something that a, a buddy of mine came to me with. We were talking about how we could get a podcast going, and then he had a, a bigger idea of kind of making it a local market type of thing, and then it just exploded. And he came to me like probably Mark Zuckerberg did to his buddies and said, hey, why don't you do a podcast, kind of best in the company here, help me out with it, and, and you can have 10%. And uh, like he offered it to a bunch of people, and I looked at him like, Yes, I think I'm the only one that took him up on it. And now we have 450 shows, over 100, 450 shows on our network. It's growing exponentially. Um, he's done a tremendous job, and I'm just, hey, I'm just the luckiest guy in the world that I got in on the ground floor, and we're having a blast. All right, well, we certainly encourage our podcast listeners to go check that out. Ryan Leafs, thanks so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate it, and enjoy the game on Sunday. You guys, you enjoy it too. Thanks for having me on. All right, let's discuss the latest quarterback rumors involving the Chicago Bears. New guy every single day. It's kind of fun, actually. (laughs) And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon until they make a move. Uh, And the rumors today are on Carson Wentz. Very interesting situation. What's your reaction, John Z, to the idea of Carson Wentz quarterbacking the Bears? Do the Bears have interest in Carson Wentz? Yeah, maybe John DeFilippo was Wentz's quarterback's coach for two years in Philadelphia. He played exceptional for John DiFilippo uh, when he was his quarterback's coach. But here's the advice I would give the Bears because the Eagles are very good at playing these media games. You wait them out. They have to unload that massive contract. You have all the leverage. First round pick, no. Second round pick, no. Third round pick, now we're talking. You wait the Eagles out for this situation to unfold because of Wentz's contract. Yeah, it's a little complicated, but Basically, the Eagles are going to have to eat a huge cap hit on that contract no matter what. So they can either do it now and get out of it in the future and move on, say Jalen Hurts is our guy. Remember, they had massive turnover there, so you might as well turn over the quarterback position. And there's a big bill that's due. I think it's March 19th. They owe Carson Wentz $10 million. So if they trade him before that, the team acquiring him has to pay that instead. So basically it takes a total of $25 million off their books this year. Remember, there is a pandemic going on. There were no fans in the stands. So that is a financial incentive for the Eagles to make this move. And if you're the Bears, and I always say this with these contracts, remember the team acquiring the player, the contract isn't as bad. In Wentz's case, we're talking about a guy who would be averaging about $23.5 million, which isn't even in the top 15 of starting quarterbacks, and 
You can get out of the deal after two years. That's the question. Is it worth that risk? Can he be saved? Remember, this is a guy in 2019 that threw for over 4,000 yards. 2019. 2019. Did you watch 2020? I did. It was awful. It was disastrous. It was horrendous. But I also know that he threw for 4, 000, over 4,000 yards in 2019, which the Bears have never done. And Mitch Trubisky, and Mitch Trubisky was a pro bowler in 2018 and, and on the rise. Not Look, really, th- th- Things change. I mean, he wasn't yeah, really yeah, a pro but, bowler. But things change, and this one situation just seems too tenuous. Again, you're the Bears. You, you have some leverage in this. The Colts, you have some leverage in this. You wait the Eagles out. All right. Super Bowl pick. Tom Brady. I love the story. Love the story. And that's the only, the only okay, reason why I'm picking You can love him. the story. Who do you think is going to win the game? Tom Brady. Okay. You're wrong. It's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the new GOAT. No. I see what you If he there. wins this Super Bowl, he's going to be the only quarterback. Because I, I think we all agree no one's ever going to duplicate Tom Brady's career. If there ever is a guy to do it, Mahomes would actually be on track winning two Super Bowls in his first three seasons. Playing. I won't th- th- debate that. The Chiefs are the inferior team. I think they're better with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Even their defense is a bit underrated. But this just seems to set up for such a storybook finish with, with Tom Brady leaving New England, getting away from Bill Belichick, bringing Rob Gronkowski down with him to Tampa Bay. It just seems too good to be true, but Tom Brady makes these things true. I would enjoy the Instagram videos, though, with Brady and Gronk if they <laughs> win. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the Hogan Johns podcast. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Miller Lite all week long. What a week it was. Fun, man. So many guests, so many bears. Uh, and here's the thing. If you missed anything, you can go back and listen to it all. The podcasts are up anywhere you listen to your podcast. If you're not subscribed for some reason, you should be. The Hogan Johns podcast. Thanks to our sponsor, Miller Lite, all week long. We had a ton of fun. I love Super Bowl week. It was a bummer not being there, but we pulled this thing off, and it was. I had a blast. It was good to hang out again in person. That's right. I don't have to. Now I can go back to not seeing you for a while. (laughs) Back over Zoom. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about the Super Bowl and what happened. Yeah. Y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless.